0: church said. Amen and amen. Before you seated, turn around, smile real big at somebody. Wave at them and say, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. I want to share just for the next few minutes on the subject, triumph through tragedy. Triumph through tragedy. It was Ray Culpepper who made this statement. Jesus didn't come to make bad people better. Jesus came to make dead people alive. Somebody said, it's okay to lose your pride over somebody you love, but never lose someone you love over pride. Palm Sunday, and I'm talking about the original Palm Sunday, demonstrated to the whole world and still does through the proclamation of the gospel, that our king, Jesus Christ, did not initially come to this world to rule, at least not rule over the world per se, but Jesus Christ came to serve. Jesus Christ we celebrate today as our servant king. Jesus demonstrated his heart to serve whenever he knelt before his disciples and he washed their feet, demonstrated his heart of humility as well as setting an example for the rest of us as the church of Jesus Christ to follow, that we are not here to build our kingdom, but we are here to build God's kingdom. Can somebody give God a hand clap of praise this morning? Today, Palm Sunday begins what has become referred to as Holy Week. Ironically, it was Jesus Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. On that first Palm Sunday, that began uh, what has become referred to as the countdown, if you will. The countdown to his crucifixion on a cross at the conclusion of that very week. Think about it this morning. What began with people cheering, with people exalting, what people crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Who would have ever believed if we would have been there? That that same week would end just a few days later with that same man being exalted, dying on a cross. Whereas earthly kings come determined to rule, they come determined to leave monuments that their legacy will be remembered forever. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, came to this earth determined to serve. Jesus will not leave a legacy by implementing great cathedrals and and things in the records of history to be remembered, although history will always remember him. Jesus Christ came to have an impact on this world and leave his imprint, not by ruling, but by serving. And this is what Christ has called his church to do. Can somebody say amen? amen? You see, the cross all by itself, and I'm so grateful that we have the cross on display here this morning. The cross all by itself preaches the gospel to us. A man or a woman doesn't have to say a word. The cross itself, the cross alone says it all. You see, the cross preaches the gospel to this world. Every time somebody looks upon the image of a cross, they hear the gospel. I said they hear the good news of salvation. Calvary's message is powerful today. It is so powerful, in fact, to you and me, that people's hearts and people's lives are supernaturally transform through genuine repentance that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not by ritualistic practices, not through some form or fashion of religion, but by simply believing on the name Of Jesus Christ. How many know today that there is power in the name of Jesus? It's all right. Give Jesus praise today. But you see, the cross that saves us is also the cross that empowers us. Listen, Jesus Christ did not die on a cross merely to forgive us. Although that in and of itself would be wonderful, great. But Jesus Christ not only died on the cross to forgive us, Jesus Christ died on that old rugged cross in order to change us. He died in order to deliver us from the bondage and the oppression of sin that had enslaved us in sin's grasp. What? can wash away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Adrian Rogers puts it like this. He said, you need the wisdom to know right and the power to do right. It wouldn't be enough for you and me to know What was right. God gives us a conscience that we're all born with. Our conscience is marred at birth. But even our conscience can teach us to a certain degree what is right and what is wrong. But just because we know what right and wrong is doesn't mean we have the power to do right. And to refrain from wrong. If you tell an alcoholic he's an alcoholic, you're not telling him anything that he doesn't already know, whether he acknowledges or not. You see, it doesn't doesn't do us any good just to know right, but not have the power to live right. But I want you to understand this morning, International Community Church, that everything that we do as a body of believers points back to Calvary. Everything we do, everything we represent, everything we teach, preach, sing about, and celebrate should point back to the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ because it is at the cross of Calvary that lives are transformed by the power, the life-giving power of the Holy Ghost of God. Can somebody say amen this morning? Calvary provides the knowledge to know right, but it also possesses and provides the power for you and me to do right. That's the difference the gospel makes. The Jews were very power conscious. The Jews were looking for a Messiah who would be a powerful deliverer. They were looking for someone who would be a great warlord, a great champion. We've been talking about the story of David and Goliath and how each of them represented to be the champion of their respective peoples. But I want you to know today that our champion, our warlord, who is none other than Jesus Christ the Son, is not only a champion. He is the champion of all champions. Because Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ not only suffered for our sins, Jesus Christ conquered our sins on the cross of Calvary. It was through the tragedy of the cross that Christ conquered sin, Death, hell, in the grave. Oh, you want to join us next week? We're going to have a good time of celebration here at ICC when we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you see, we would not be able to adequately appreciate his resurrection if we did not understand the terrible, unspeakable price that Jesus paid for a Saul on an old rugged cross. In First Corinthians chapter one, the Word of God says that the Jews were looking for a sign. Now, why is this? This is why the Jews were looking for a demonstration of power in order to break Roman oppression over them, that they may enjoy political freedom. Look, there's nothing wrong with political freedom. We enjoy and we celebrate political freedom here in the United States of America. We are a politically free country. But I'm here to tell you today as a pastor who has served as a pastor for decades now, I'm here to tell you just because you live in a free country politically does not mean that you are free spiritually. I see people every day that live in the freedoms of our democracy and we celebrate those things but yet they still live in oppression. They still live in bondage. They still live in a spiritual slavery because it takes more than a government to deliver us from that kind of bondage. It takes the power of the cross of Jesus Christ, it takes the power of God's grace, it takes the precious blood of Jesus to wash away our sins and set the sinner free that we may enjoy true freedom that only comes through his royalty who is Jesus Christ. Somebody give God praise in this building this morning. How many feel what I feel in this place? I feel the surge of God's delivering power. If you came in here today needing deliverance, I'm telling you, you came to the right place, not because I'm here or any of these other folks up here, but because Jesus is here and Jesus offers to all of us his deliverance. 1 Corinthians 1 and 22 says Jews demand signs. What that means, they demanded demonstrations. Demonstrations of power. This is the reason why Satan tempted Jesus on, on, on the temple, at the pinnacle of the temple. And Satan told him, why don't you just cast yourself down? And Satan said, if you will cast yourself down God, your Father, will send angels to catch you up and save or rescue your life. Then everybody will know who you are because they will see your demonstrations of power. But understand, Jesus wasn't about performing magic tricks. Jesus was not about performing a dazzling Dazzling demonstrations of who he was. But Jesus Christ was here to preach the cross and the power that would lie in the symbol of the cross of Calvary. You see, Jesus wasn't about performing magic tricks for political power or for political prestige. If politics was the answer to this world's dilemma, church... Christ would have come as a politician. But Jesus forsook such things because Jesus understood that those things are far from being adequate to bring the kind of freedom that your God in heaven desires for every human being on the face of this earth to enjoy. That kind of freedom only comes through the cross. That kind of freedom only comes through believing the price that Jesus paid for us all at Calvary. Jesus was about healing the sick. Jesus was about casting out unclean spirits. He was not about performing magic tricks as if he was at a birthday party at some little kid. Jesus came to to strike at the very core of sin itself Jesus came to die on a cross that would serve as a doorway for him to march into hell itself and take the keys of sin, death, hell, and the grave from the devil who once possessed that authority and Jesus Christ stripped him of that authority. And today, because Jesus died, friend, you and I may live and we may live for all eternity. Somebody celebrate the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 the Bible says that Christ looked upon the multitudes and when Jesus looked upon the multitudes the Bible says that he was moved with compassion the Jewish leaders of his day required a demonstration of his power but Jesus refused to give them that demonstration or at least the kind of demonstration that they were demanding You see, they wanted Jesus to rise up as a political leader. They wanted Jesus to rise up and overthrow the oppression of the Roman government. But they had a problem. Calvary got in the way. Calvary got in the way. Outside the gospel accounts, it's interesting to me that the Apostle Paul was the only one even among all of the disciples of Christ, and Paul of course came later, after Christ's death and resurrection, that it took the Apostle Paul, someone who later on believed, remember Paul was at one time named Saul. Saul was one of the primary persecutors of the early church. He threw Christians, believed in prison. He sought to persecute the church. Saul Wanted to stamp out the church of Jesus Christ in its infancy. But one day that same man on the road to Damascus met Jesus face to face. And when Saul met Jesus, Jesus changed his name to Paul. And he set him free. And commissioned him to do the very thing that Saul was trying to stamp out. He became the greatest evangelist of the church in church history. It was the Apostle Paul that shared the gospel to the nations throughout the Roman Empire. You see, it's interesting that he was the one that God raised up to share with us the doctrine of the cross. Why is that? Why is it? Why did it take someone like Paul to come along to teach us the doctrine of Calvary? I'll tell you why. Because it was so abhorred among everybody else in Jesus' day that they didn't even like to even mention it. The struggle that the disciples had with Jesus' experience at Calvary is very apparent in the fact that the original disciples, if you'll notice in reading the Gospels, they barely even mentioned the cross. They barely even referenced it. There was one that I found in 1 Peter 1 and 23 and he refer, he refer, Peter referred to the cross as the tree, and I quote, the tree. But John, the author of Revelation, made a, a slight reference to Christ being crucified. But other than that, it was Paul who gave us the biblical doctrine of the cross. Paul saw Calvary. Paul saw the cross is not as something to be abhorred or rejected. But Paul saw Calvary as the very focal point of the gospel itself. Today we wear crosses around our necks for decoration. And that's okay, I'm not knocking that today. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the cross was disgraceful to both the Jews and the Gentiles. A man's death upon the cross was so deplorable that it was barely even spoken of. Crucifixion was so deplorable that the Romans would not even allow the body of a crucified man to receive a proper burial. Do you know what they would do with a crucified man? Typically speaking, they would throw him on a pile of other dead bodies on a wagon and they would take it down to the local dump, the local landfill, and they would throw that crucified body in with the rest of the trash in order to be forgotten forever. That's what should have happened to the body of Jesus Christ. But it was only because of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea and when they went to Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus that the body of Christ was preserved probably because Pilate understood that Jesus was innocent in the first place. Typically the person crucified on a cross would be thrown away Do you understand that the body or a person who was crucified on a cross, their family would not even be allowed by the Roman government to weep over his death. They would have to hold their grief in for if there was any expressions of grief, it could be punishable by law, Roman law. What kind of a deliverer would die on a cross? The apostle Paul tells us what kind of deliverer that is. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.22 and following, he said the cross was a stumbling block to Jews and it was foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God Almighty has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. I said, God Almighty is so awesome in His glorious majesty that God was able to take what man saw as the most horrific, unspeakable tragedy that any human being could ever experience. And God used it for our triumph today. Can somebody put your hands together and give Jesus Christ a hand clap of praise for the cross. Jesus said, John 14, 16, and 17, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Jesus died, friend, that you and I may live Jesus suffered that you and I may experience everlasting life. Jesus Christ bore the punishment for our sins that you and I may be set free from our sins. For he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You see, here's the point. It takes God's Spirit in your life to apply God's principles to your life. It takes God's spirit in our lives to enable us to become overcomers of the sin that Satan would like to entice each of us with. It is through Calvary's cross that Jesus Christ made a way for us when there was no way. You see, before Jesus died on a cross, folks, there was no hope of salvation for you and me. There was no hope for forgiveness. We were born in our sins and without the cross, you and I would be doomed to die in our sins. The same sin that that torments us would ultimately drag us to a grave sooner or later and ultimately into a devil's hell. But the good news is, the cross changed all that. The the cross changed all that. Jesus Christ made a way where there was no way. Jesus Christ took the grave. Jesus Christ took death and everything that man dreaded about it. And Jesus Christ turned it into a doorway to eternal life in glory. I said Jesus Christ come to do what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus Christ bore the penalty for our sins. He bled and he suffered in order to make you and me more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved and died for our sins. It is through Calvary's cross that Jesus prepared the way for you to experience God's presence and give you that power that you need to live the life that God desires for you to live, to experience the life that God desires for you and me to experience. Even on this side of glory, listen, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to experience heaven. That's what I'm trying to say this morning, church. You don't have to wait till you get to glory to experience God's glory. No, I know nothing that we will ever experience in this life will be like what we're going to experience when we get to the other side, but we serve a God church who is alive. We serve a God church who is real. We serve a God church who has conquered in all forests. He has put sin under his feet that you and I might have life through his death and resurrection this morning. Calvary gave us the power to be set free from sin's condemnation. You don't have to accept the condemnation that Satan wants you to live with. Listen, Jesus died on the cross that you might be forgiven. It doesn't matter how deplorable that sin may have been. It doesn't matter what atrocities you may have committed as you are a victim of sin in and of itself. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is a God who will love you unconditionally. How many know that this morning? How many can raise your hand and testify to that truth this morning that Jesus Christ loves the unlovable? Jesus Christ will forgive the unforgivable. Jesus Christ will set Anyone free from the the bondage of sin who will call on the name of the Lord today, Jesus Christ will set him free. Sin's reign over us was finished and death's grasp on our lives was finished as Jesus Christ hung on a cross and cried out with his final breath, it is is finished. Romans chapter 8 verses 27 and following the word of the God says the word of God says and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. 37 and following one of my most favorite passages of scripture Paul writes to us and declares, nay, and all these things, what things? All the, all the pain of life, all the disappointments, all the oppression that life brings with it, all the grief, all the brokenheartedness, all of the, of the, of the struggles that this life brings, Paul says, in all these things. We are more than conquerors. I said, we are more than conquerors. God said, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Are you ready for this? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God Almighty who was in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, somebody give God praise in this place. For we serve the triumphant Lord today. I don't care what you're going through right now. Jesus has already triumphed over it. I don't care what your tragedy may be today. Listen to this preacher this morning. I don't care what your tragedy may be today. Through Christ who died for us on the cross. You may be triumphant Through his grace. For the Bible declares that his grace is sufficient for all things. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Pastor Steve, if you will, and come play softly on the keyboard this morning as we bring this in for a landing, if everyone will stand with me this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed. There is triumph today through our tragedy. Today as we come into this part of our service before we leave here this morning, I felt led of the Lord for us to have a time of prayer. And I wanted to give an invitation this morning and I know you know we're not, We're not coming up to the altars because of the pandemic. We're not there yet. We're getting there, but we're not quite there just yet. So this is what we're doing instead. If right where you're standing, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you will say to me, Pastor Todd, this grace that you're talking about, given to us through the cross, Jesus' death on a cross, I need to experience that grace today. Life has been tormenting me. I have been, I've been, I've been struggling. (laughs) I've been struggling. I've been struggling in the torments of this life. And I'm desperate. I'm desperate today. I need an answer today. I need need a way out of this. I need a deliverer. Listen to me, friend. Jesus. It's not me. It's not anybody else in this sanctuary. It is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God who is here. He is your deliverer today. And if you are here and you say, I need deliverance this morning, this is what I feel Let the Holy Spirit to ask. Not exactly the way I had previously planned it, but that's okay. If you're here today and you need deliverance, I just want you to raise your hand right where you're standing and say yes. God bless these hands. I see hands going scattered throughout this sanctuary. This is a prayer for deliverance. Church, listen to me. I need you to get ready to pray. And we're going to pray like we've never prayed before. And we're going to believe God for deliverance this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. If you are here this morning, you may put your hands down. Thank you so much for, for responding to that. The next one is this. If you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and you need to experience the gift of forgiveness you need to experience God's forgiveness and grace in your life today. I want you to, I want you to acknowledge it by faith, right where you're standing, by raising your hand up high and say, I need forgiveness. God bless these hands. Signifying, I need forgiveness, I need grace. Hands are going up. God bless these hands. Keep them up high for a moment. God bless these hands. Thank you for your response to this god bless these hands i need forgiveness today for my sins i need restoration in my life you may put your hands down today i'm going to ask one more thing that i felt led of the holy spirit to ask before we pray and that is if there anybody who is in this place who would say pastor todd i need healing <laughs> i need healing my, my life my life is filled with hurt and sorrow I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm I've been disappointed the grief is more than I can bear if that's you will you just raise your hand right where you are this morning and say yes I need healing <laughs> I need healing today. Church, listen to me. You may put your hands down. Church, listen to me. If there's ever been a time that you and I need to get a hold of heaven this morning, now is the time. Church, will you pray with me? Will you pray for those who raised their hands today in the name of Jesus Christ? First thing we're going to do, we're going to pray for healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Church, will you pray with your pastor right now? earnestly diligently praying for healing in the name of Jesus Christ God every hand that was raised signifying healing in this place God we know look I need I need to hear you pray I need you to pray out loud in concert prayer I need to know that the church is praying with me this morning Lord God we're praying for healing in this place Lord those who are suffering those who are hurting Those who are burdened down with grief and disappointment and pain from the toils of this life, God, we pray for healing today. Right now, God, right now, Lord, bring healing where there is hurt. Bring triumph today where there is tragedy. God, you are the bomb of Gilead, and only you can bring restoration to the brokenhearted. Only you can lift up those who have been downtrodden and distraught. And Lord God, we intercede today for those who are hurting, for those who are crying, for those who are weeping today. We intercede and we lift up the hurting to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Secondly, God, we pray today for those who need a miracle of forgiveness in their life. Lord, those who raise their hands this morning needing to experience the miracle of forgiveness, we pray for them today. And if you would join me, church body, in prayer as we normally do, listen, If you need to experience the miracle of forgiveness today, I want you to pray along with us this morning as we pray the sinner's prayer together. And I want you to believe what you say. And I want you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning as you pray this prayer. Just say, Dear Jesus, everybody together, let's try it again. Dear Jesus, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I am lost. I am dying in my sins. I need forgiveness. I need a miracle of mercy in my life today. And I believe that you, Jesus, will give me that miracle right now. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. I believe that you suffered. I believe that you died, that I may have life and have it more abundantly. And I believe that you rose again to give me victory over it all. I receive your grace by faith in your name. I am saved, I am forgiven, I am healed, and I am set free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Can we all give God glory today for His grace, for His abundant mercy, for His amazing grace? Oh, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? I said nothing, 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 nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We give the King glory in this place today. If you are here today and you prayed that prayer and you asked God's forgiveness in your life, I want you to testify to it today by simply raising your hand and say, I prayed that prayer. I see hands in the balcony. I see a few hands down here. Don't be ashamed. Raise it up high. Let everybody know what Jesus Christ has done for your life and in your life. Hallelujah. 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 We give God glory and honor and praise today. For his grace and forgiveness one more thing I want to pray over you right now dear God I pray your blessings over your people I pray Heavenly Father that you will go before us and that your word will serve as a lamp to our feet Almighty God and a light to our path lead us dear Heavenly Father in the way that we should go let us not step outside of your will your perfect will in any shape, fashion, or form, and let all that we do and all that we are bring glory and honor to you. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Can we give God a hand clap of praise one more time before we leave here this morning? Thank you so much for joining us today for worship. Don't forget next Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, came prayed up and ready. We're going to see God do even greater things. God bless you, we love you, and you are dismissed.